0: Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast, I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Patty Broughton, who is the Executive Director of the Guelph Arts Council. How does the old saying go, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times? Well it's kind of that way at Guelph Arts Council these days, as more and more people have used the pandemic to discover new creative resources. While professional artists have struggled to earn a living without the benefit of having access to live venues and events, all the places from which they usually collect the majority of their income. Like a lot of advocacy groups, the Arts Council has had to react quickly and react repeatedly to help members adapt to the ever-changing conditions of the COVID-19 pandemic. From new programs to virtual events, it's been a long, hard road in the local art scene these last 15 months, and it's not over yet. The Pandemic Arts is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Think about how an independent artist makes their money. Painters and other visual artists host gallery exhibits and art shows so that people can see their work in person. Musicians play at concert venues and music festivals where they can get exposure and sell their music directly to an audience. And filmmakers depend on film festivals to get exposure and find distribution. Those are just three examples, and certainly some artists have had an easier time adapting than others. But for those that have struggled to transfer to the digital frontier or have just generally struggled through the pandemic, the local arts council has been there to help them. The Guelph Arts Council has been around since 1975, and it is reportedly one of the first institutions of its kind in Ontario. If you've been to an artsy event in Guelph, then the chances are that the Guelph Arts Council has had a hand in it. They might have helped the group sponsoring the event get established, they may have been a sponsor themselves, or they may have helped one of the artists or performers in the show get established. In the last year, the Arts Council has had to establish an entirely new way of doing things. Signature events like Art on the Street had to move online. Their annual historical walking tours had to be limited to a few people masked and physically distant. And they had to work to ensure that money and support still flowed to artists whose various revenue streams had dried up. The logistics are mind-boggling, so let's hear about the logistics from the person who knows these struggles best. Patty Broughton is this week's guest on the Guelph Politicast as we talk about the effects of the pandemic on the local art scene, whether some artists have been more affected than others depending on their discipline, and whether the pandemic might be a net positive with so many people discovering new artistic talents. We will also talk about whether the Arts Council has been busier because of the pandemic, how they've had to adapt their programs and events because of it, and how those same programs and events might be changed forever once things go back to quote-unquote normal. And finally, we will discuss the immediate future of the Arts Council, what the new online Guelph Arts Hub will offer, and all the ways that people can still get involved in local arts and culture. So I caught up with Patty Broughton earlier this week via Zoom. Well, Patty Broughton, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you. Uh, For people who don't know, I've, I've, you know, maybe heard the name Guelph Arts Council. Uh, It's always kind of handy to start, you know, at a place of just, you know, briefly, what does the Arts Council do? Who does the Arts Council help? You know, what, what do what do you do with your day
1: (laughs) oh sure well we're an independent charity in guelph and uh we have a membership of artists and arts organizations that we support and uh we we have an advocacy role so we're uh, trying to sort of elevate the voices of artists in the community and also support them in their work and in their livelihoods so we um We have three main ways that we do that. Uh, One is communication. So we have, um, you know, our our website, our e-newsletter, our social media channels. Those are all really important parts of what we do. And we're, you know, we're busy with that stuff every single day. Uh, We also do programming around resources for learning. So we have... um, workshops or webinars that we run annually uh, trying to serve the learning needs of artists and um, arts workers. And we also have um, a a mentorship project that we do with the University of Guelph for emerging artists, not just students, but all emerging artists are welcome to participate in that. And um, we have a couple of award programs, too, that fall into that category that we've been doing for many years. And we also have public programming that we often do in partnership with other community organizations so things like art on the street which is now art on the virtual street and um, uh, doors open guelph we've been doing for many years we have some historical walking tours as well sort of celebrate guelph stories and heritage so um that's, we, ha- we, so we do have uh, quite a bit of programming, so that keeps me busy during the day, um, the communications as well. And just, uh, we offer sort of one-on-one support to, to artists and arts workers too. So, or groups that are starting up or people who want to do arts projects. So we do, um, you know, uh, a lot of communicating uh, one-on-one with the, with folks in the arts community as well. So um, yeah, it's quite, uh, it's quite busy. A lot of people are not too sure what it is we do, but um, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pretty busy role. We're a small organization. We have, we have uh, year round, we have uh, two full-time equivalents. So two part-time staff and myself.
0: Mm. Well, having said all that, and we, we kind of touched on this before you, we started recording here, but you know, the last year has it been as busy for you has it been more busy because i mean there are fewer distractions to, the to keep artists you know away from creating or it has it been sort of less busy because there aren't as much there isn't there isn't as much demand for you know things like events and things you're talking about there you know uh don't, you, you know the nobody's going out to you know galleries or the going to the studio tour I know there was a virtual studio tour but nobody's going like physically from studio to studio it's as how has the the time commitment been lately
1: I would say if anything it's been even more because we we really haven't reduced any of our own programming. And of course, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a learning curve around how do we transition our programming online. And certainly, like, we were among many uh, local organizations who were going through all of that. So we're sort of learning together, I suppose. But um, And also, we've been really... I think I wrote more grant applications uh, in 2020 than I ever have before because um, we were grateful that there were emergency funds available that helped us to do some new things. So for example, um, we were able to offer uh, free membership and membership renewals to any, any creative person who wanted one. And we're continuing that um, on an ongoing basis just to remove those financial barriers to getting involved. And, um, I, you know, as I'll, I can tell you some more about uh, we have, we received a grant to develop a new digital culture hub for Guelph Wellington and a live performance booking service. So we've been, we have sort of been building um, new programming in the pandemic as well as uh you know, pivoting the things that we have done in in the past and to to do them in different ways, uh, safe ways or virtual ways. And um, just trying to support support people and get the word out through our usual channels about what they're doing. And, uh, you know, trying to cast a really broad net in terms of um, uh, sort of outreach to artists who need support in these times. So yeah, we've been really busy we've certainly learned a lot I would say for sure um, yeah it's uh, it's been it's been an interesting ride absolutely.
0: So you said you were writing you spent more time writing grants last year than you had before is that because the, and it sounded like it but just to confirm it's because there was sort of more assistance that you know I know that one of the big things with a lot of arts organizations is always fighting for. to to get more assistance but um it it seems like perhaps the pandemic was a bit of a blessing in disguise in that way that there was some more assistance flowing floating that might not have in an alternate 2020 where there was no pandemic at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah you know it's a it was a little bit interesting because there were some types of programs that would programs or fundraising events that would bring in revenue to us uh, normally that we weren't able to do. So we did see a hit in terms of some of our uh, revenue streams, but we were also able to access um, emergency funding from a variety of sources. So uh, the city of Guelph in 2020 and again in 2021 had an emergency uh, uh, fund that we were eligible for and that was something that helped support some of our services to artists and um, uh, some new new programming including like we did a series of webinars free webinars for with the business center to kind of help especially with a digital transition for for creative folks so i think we did five workshops altogether, or webinars i should say in 2020 so um, those type that type of new programming we did get support for from um There was also a Guelph uh, Community Emergency Fund that was the United Way and the the Guelph Community Foundation, so we received a little bit of funding through that uh, source as well. And of course then there were also the more general supports to, um, to employers, so we were able to um, qualify for wage subsidy and rent subsidy, and some of those programs that were evolving. So that's been that's been helpful as well in in kind of offsetting the uh, the impacts of some of the um, our other revenue streams that we would normally have. So um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a really different year in terms of kind of the operational side of things.
0: And just to be clear, I mean all of those things you know, whether they're, they come through you or you are helping somebody else do the actual applying. But I mean, it, it, it's a matter of, it, it, or rather it's not a matter of uh, the city of Guelph coming to you and say, Hey, Patty, would you want some money? You know, you have to actually lay it all out in an application and justify it and come up with like real actual numbers. And, and it's, it's not. It's not a. It's not a sort of free for all where you know somebody's on the roof of City Hall throwing money out. That, that there's a lot of paperwork right. involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know um, that is one thing. In, in arts and culture, and in many other sectors in the not-for-profit uh, uh, area of work, um, there's certainly a lot of uh, work involved in preparing grant applications. You certainly need to, you know, put forth a good. Argument for why you are proposing your um, particular program, or even if it's operational, you know what your what your benefits that you deliver for the community are. So um, I do find though that um, uh, some funders are certainly trying trying to kind of reduce that work burden for a mm. lot of organizations, especially these days in the pandemic, because. Um, You know, we're certainly uh, some of some organizations are having to let people go and they're facing a lot of challenges operationally. So, um, you know, I think the funders have certainly tried to make it a little easier, Mm. but, um, you know, it still uh, takes uh, certainly takes time and effort for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've had the opportunity this year, too. It's been it's been pretty great to kind of support some other organizations to in their grant applications. Because we're a charity, sometimes we can leverage that to support organizations that are um, either not charitable or unincorporated in some way or even individuals. And so we've been able to do that with a couple of um, our member organizations, uh, Guelph Tool Library, uh, Portal Dance. Uh, We're able to kind of access some grants through partnering with us Um, so those are those kinds of things when they when they work out always make us very happy too
0: (laughs) right that's an important point that you know there are a lot of groups but not all of them sort of meet the the minimum threshold which is like the the formal setup things like incorporation and and having a charitable id number that you, you know those things automatically become barriers for some groups to getting help because they're not big enough or they're not they haven't been around long enough to kind of establish those things.
1: Yeah, that can be true sometimes. Um, this year, one thing that I was really grateful for was the city emergency fund was available to unincorporated groups as well as individuals. Mm. So um, that was really, really a, a, a wonderful shift. I think, it, you know, that though the emergency fund that the city... Uh, had uh, last year and again this year it's uh, it's for the uh, not-for-profit sector so it's not just arts and culture the arts and culture stream isn't broken out uh, but certainly artists were able to benefit from that this year and mm-hmm. and last year
0: I wanted to talk a bit about sort of the challenges that the, the groups and the individuals that are part of the arts council are facing has there been a difference in terms of like some artists are are able to thrive better in a pandemic environment? You know, I'm I'm thinking specifically of, you know, if you're a visual artist, it it would be relatively easier to, instead of, you know, you don't have a gallery to show your stuff, but you can create a a website Um, versus like a group that does things like uh, you know, arts classes where, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bit more complicated to set up because you also need that technical infrastructure of, of the students being able to attend remotely as well, or, you know, people who have musicians or who are musicians or have a musical or, or you know, me, visual media component. Um, so has there been a difference in the way different artists are able to sort of manage through the pandemic or has the suffering been equal, so to speak?
1: Uh, I would say on average you know like the pandemic has had a really immediate and massive impact on artists and on arts groups but I agree it's not it's not necessarily even right Uh, certainly people who are more vulnerable in one way or another are going to see um, more of an impact Uh, people who are whose who either have the skills that like already in place when the pandemic hit to work in the digital space or their art is more conducive to that space, um, may have had a little bit of an easier time to transition. The uh, part of the issue though, in the digital space though, for lots of artists is that, um, you know, for example, performing artists who are performing online instead of touring to physical venues is that the, the income um, is not necessarily there, right? Right. Like um, it's it's uh, it's a great opportunity. It's good to to know um, to have those skills and have those digital skills, but and there are ways to generate revenue, but they're not necessarily equating to performing live. So you know. Whether, and the performing arts, uh, I saw a statistic that um, in terms of work hours across uh, Canada, like those dropped for performing artists by 60% in 2020. That's a huge hit. Artists overall, well, not just artists, but like an arts, entertainment, recreation kind of sector Mm -hmm. in uh, 2020. Overall, those work hours dropped by about 37%. So you're really seeing a hit for the performing arts and it's gonna take a while to recover. They're gonna need that support because um, I think you know some folks will be comfortable coming back and sitting in say a theater, for example, uh, next to another person and other folks I think will be more reluctant and it's quite individual. And I think it's hard to predict how that's going to fully play out. So uh, we're certainly gonna need to support our, our venues, our arts organizations, like, you know, locally Hillside, Eaton Mills, Guelph Dance Festival. Now it's the second year they're running digital, right.
0: right.
1: Uh, programming at festivals instead of uh, in person. So uh, yeah, we're, uh, I know a lot of us are really looking forward to getting back into seeing uh, live arts again and participating in community festivals and things like that. But um, I don't think the digital learning that's happened is going to uh, go away, though. I think what we're going to see emerge is a lot more sort of hybrid programming. That's quite Mm -hmm. interesting, like um, for all the sort of devastation this COVID pandemic has caused. There's a lot that we've learned, and I think that um, that's going to enrich some of uh, what we're doing in the arts uh, for you know, as we, as we emerge.
0: Right. That's going to be a big thing is, you know, can you go back to, I mean, a film festival, let's say like a lot of film festivals have been online. And I mean, that has allowed a lot of people to attend something like the Toronto Film Festival or the, the Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal, or, you know, the South by Southwest Festival in Texas, but, you know, cause you couldn't visit, maybe you had barriers that, didn't allow you to go to these places but you can certainly watch the movies at home and stream along with the q a's and, and things like that that's a learned sort of behavior or activity so to speak and that's I mean that'll be hard for a lot of people to give up like uh, in, in so much as we talk about the having to stay at home and enjoy these things virtually is a negative there is also been a positive aspect too and it's created better access in, in some cases
1: yeah it's created better access and it's created new audiences too on sort of flip side for the uh, artists and arts organizations so I think that's you're right like that's uh, been a real plus for um both for people that have been at home and and looking to the arts like I mean the arts have really come through for us in the pandemic you know like um even though in in many cases it might not have they might not have been well paid or paid at all or fairly paid for what they've been doing online they um they've been there for you know for frontline workers for people isolated at home uh teaching us how to do things um keeping us uh entertained and um just sort of sharing perspectives and insights like artists I I I feel are real storytellers and during the pandemic and as we emerge from the pandemic, they're the folks that are going to, um, you know, help preserve our mental wellness. Like I think that the arts have been really critical for us in, in, in sort of coping through all of this. And And that will continue to be true. I think as we, as we come out of this, they're, they're the folks, um, you know, they've, they've helped us cope at home, but I feel like, they're going to help us reconnect in our communities as well as we're able to kind of come out of isolation and, 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 uh, you know, be part of community again, though, though artists are also the folks who will, who will be the impetus for that too. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of, uh, I think this whole situation has really highlighted how important are, um, the, uh, the arts and artists are to, to all of us, even, even folks who might not uh, always realize how how they affect their lives, but um, certainly people have embraced all kinds of artistic pursuits in this time.
0: Mm-hmm. Part of that too is, and I noticed this when I was scrolling through the Arts Council website, is that you have a call out for uh, ex- exhibits, um, for artists to, to put on exhibits at the 10C space for July, August, November, and December. Now we're We're recording this on May the 10th. Uh, The current measures expire in a couple of weeks, but they're already talking about expanding it to June. So when you're saying, you know, we're looking for exhibits in July, is that ambitious or is, you know, (laughs) what's, what's going on in your head?
1: Well, I mean, we... We did do them last year and uh, it's it's not ideal it's kind of appointment only to, for for people to come in and see the exhibits but um, we we offered the opportunity anyway the other thing about that gallery space is it's uh, super visible from the street mm. so um, you know I think you know it's it's not a huge gallery uh, so if there's an artist that has, uh 10 15 works that are sort of more or less ready to go and hang um it's it's uh we'll we'll offer that opportunity nonetheless so but you're right you know july it's hard to say we're in the same a little bit of the same dilemma with our historical walking tours yeah we put them all on sale and then the day after they announced um, the stay at home order so Even though they're outdoor and everybody wears masks and can physically distance, it seemed like, you know, stay at home means stay at home. So we've canceled them um, until it's lifted. So we have our fingers crossed that they'll start on May 23rd, but we don't know, right? It's a a wait and see kind of thing.
0: And that's, a, I mean, that's a real shame for, for a lot of different reasons, but I mean, that's, I don't know if it's one if it's the longest running arts council sort of perennial event but it or but it is one of the longest because i remember when i first moved to Guelph that was one of the sort of first things i came across in terms of like getting to know the city was like there's these walking tours in the summer that you can you know and this was 20 something years ago i won't say for certain but <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, Adam, I think I heard that those uh, walking tours have been going on for at least 30 years, which is mm. pretty cool. Like the artists, the Arts Council is about 45 years old, I think. And um, newcomers to the city love them. And, you know, like they are something that we can do in person safely. Like we just we need a little bit of a lift on the current restrictions, but um You know, last year we did them with a a cap of six participants. Everybody was asked to wear a mask and uh, people um, for the most part, they were sold out. Like people were really, really interested in going on those walks after I think being cooped up uh, for the winter. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're
1: looking forward to getting those started again, for sure.
0: Speaking of the newer things though, and you can, correct this if it's an incorrect assumption but i mean there've been a lot of talk all the conversation about you know people discovering new hobbies new habits new talents because of the pandemic has that been sort of reflected in people who've reached out into the arts council like people who you know just for an example you know take up painting because they're at home more um, and they're looking for something to do and and they're they're translating that into perhaps something um a bit more permanent or maybe something that might be a bit more permanent as you know maybe a side hustle or something going forward is is that been reflected in your membership
1: yeah I would say so it's a little bit hard to necessarily pinpoint that specifically but we have really increased our membership during the pandemic and part of that is that we've removed the fee right mm. and um it, I couldn't have predicted how much of an inca- impact that would have had, but um, we, certainly, we certainly brought in more diverse members and uh, people working in a lot of different types of disciplines. We've always, I would say we've always attracted wow. folks who are emerging in mm-hmm. their art practice or are more established artists maybe, but new to the community as well, because it's a great way to connect and network, right? So I think that, um, yeah, people have uh, certainly gotten involved, new people, our mentorship project is also, we also ran that this year. It was mostly uh, local folks because school was not in session in the same way at the, at the university. Right. Um, but that's also been a great way for us to um, bring new folks into our network and, and uh, create commu- uh, community that way between folks. So um, yeah, we're always looking to do that. I feel like that's really increased in the pandemic and uh, it's really what we're all about at the Arts Council is just uh, being that sort of hub organization. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we do that when we can between people in person and, and we also do it online. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting time. Uh, we've certainly had quite a few young people that have kind of um, come to our organization a lot through our mentorship project, but they also And then we'll follow that up by applying for um, contracts or summer jobs or um, sometimes volunteer positions and so on and just kind of like become part of the fabric of our organization so uh, I've really seen that uh, continuing on in the in the pandemic.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I imagine that's also sort of reflected in in partnerships. I mean, part of any, you know, umbrella organization like yours is, you know, creating those connections too, and uh, you know, the the experiences of one person or one group can sometimes enhance the the needs or or answer the needs of another group. Sort of, you know, was, you, yeah, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, we,
1: yeah, we love we love to do that too. Like it's um, it's in a way it's easy for us to do but it has a lot of impact so you know we'll have someone who will connect with us with a question or you know um, do we know somebody who has experience with with this or that it could be grant application it could be a particular art practice and we can because we're that hub organization um, you know we know a lot of folks that are working in the arts and culture sector in this area. Uh, And it's sometimes maybe we kind of forget that they don't know each other necessarily, (laughs) right? Some folks do know each other and other folks don't, especially those that are new to the community might be just graduating from uh, school and so on. So we, uh, we do a lot of connecting of people, just, you know, those uh, little introductions or, or, um, you know, inviting people to come out to events that we're having or workshops so they can meet each other. All of those opportunities, learning opportunities, of course, are also networking opportunities. So, right, um, yeah. So that's we, we do quite a bit of that.
0: I do want to get this in because uh, I know it, it's it's launching in the new the near future. Um, the Arts Council is launching a whole new website that is, I, I guess, going to. Bring together a lot of these lessons learned and and create new opportunities for local artists. So, can you talk about what, how, how the new website is going to be different from the old website and how it's going to en- enhance the the work of the arts council?
1: Yeah. So our uh, our current website was new in twenty fourteen, which is pretty <laughs> old in website years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so we were we were looking at before the pandemic, we were looking at. Um, know it's kind of like having having an old car at some point you have to think about actually replacing it instead of trying to keep fixing it so um and then of course with the pandemic that we we quickly realized that this was something that was critical for us to do because we like we had to create a temporary website in order to pivot some of our our own programming, mm. like Art on the Virtual Street, Doors Open, Guelph. We actually had on a different web platform, and um, in terms of sort of showcasing the the work of our our uh, artist members in the digital space, our our current website wasn't really capable of some of the latest sort of um, technology. So it was, it was clear that we needed to, to uh, find a way to, to get a new website. Fortunately, you know, in the pandemic, there has been a focus on digital strategies. And so the Canada Council for the Arts, um, we were very grateful to have um, a project funded to develop this new digital culture hub. And it's been, a, it's been a great opportunity to uh, enhance the features of our guelpharts.ca site. So some of the things that we'll be offering for the arts community that we weren't able to before are like an online store. So it's very flexible. You can either just um, have it be so uh, an inquiry goes to an artist or it can go to their own online store if they have one, or they can use our online store. So it's very flexible in terms of how artists engage with that. And it's also, you know, um, the sort of what you would call a product could be a physical art object, but it could also be booking a performance. So this is something we've been working on is being like um, to have a a, a live performance booking service. So if if someone wants to host uh, an outdoor safe live uh, um, concert or any kind of arts performance that's uh, performed live. They can kind of uh, select, there'd be information on our site about who's interested in that, who's available in the arts community and they can actually purchase the performance Mm. directly through our site and connect with the artists that way. So we have been developing over the pandemic sort of roster of folks who are interested in uh, in performing um, for these sort of uh, events, so we're rolling that out hopefully this summer. Again, like COVID-wise, it's not it's not really possible uh, to do that quite yet, but we want to be ready when it is. And um, so some of the other things with our uh, new uh, new cultural hub will be a resource directory, so access to you know how-to resources, as well as like uh, venues, studio space that's available for rent, all kinds of opportunities. So calls for artists, uh, job opportunities, um, that sort of that sort of thing. You know, recorded webinars, grant opportunities, all those kinds of resources will live on our site, and. Um, We also have a number of content partners who have been developing these types of relationships over the next little while with other organizations that that can help to build out those um, resources. So that's, uh, and we'll have some of the things that we have always had on our site, but will just be enhanced and uh, up to a more uh, modern standard technology wise will be things like our profiles of artists and arts groups and our arts event calendar will be will be there as well so and uh, forums for the arts community to stay connected with each other so Mm -hmm. it's uh, we're really quite excited about it's coming together well it's not quite ready (laughs) to launch yet but when we have our AGM uh, next week we'll be giving a little sneak preview of what the beta site is like so that's a chance for us to get some some feedback and uh, let our uh, our uh, the folks who come out our artist members
0: know what to expect. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well what aside from this which uh, does sound I mean speaking from my own experience you know changing websites I know that's a pain and a lot of work but uh <laughs> 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 what, what what other kind of assistance does, do does the arts council or local artists or in, in groups like what what kind of help do they need right now what you know what, what's what's kind of going on that that they kind of require to get over this this next hurdle, this next hump in the the, the pandemic recovery road we're on
1: yeah, I mean, we, we certainly help artists out in a, in a few different ways at the Arts Council. So we've been, you know, doing consultations one-on-one. We've been offering webinars. We've been uh, doing some advocacy work uh, lately. Uh, we've signed on to the Basic Income Letter. That's uh, kind of a national movement, actually. Um, but... We also encourage the community to get involved in supporting artists, right? So, and I think that's going to be important as we move out of the pandemic, like just to, I mean, buy art for your homes. We have art on the virtual street coming up. There'll be close to 50 local artists work will be uh, featured on that, uh, on on art on the virtual street this year. It was a great opportunity to see what's out there. That, um, you know, you might want to have a new background for your Zoom meetings, you know. (laughs) And we spend a lot of time at home these days, that's for sure. So it's lovely to have, um, you know, things that resonate for you in your home and have meaning. And um, when when there are opportunities to support local artists, uh, performing artists as well, whether it's uh, live when it's safe to do so, or their online um, things. I mean, keep a, people can keep an eye out on our social media channels for sure, because we're, we're promoting what's happening every single day through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, in terms of what's going on in the arts community. We have an e-newsletter too, that comes out twice a month. That's a great source of information on what's happening so that people can uh, can support you know whatever it is that's going on in the in the arts community?
0: One more question. What's your dog's name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> His name is Hugh. His name it's it's inspired by humongous because oh. when we when we when he came to us as a puppy, he was only three pounds. So mm-hmm. anyway
0: okay he's well, loud
1: but he's small
0: <laughs> it's I think it was going to be the question to come out of the interview that uh who was the dog in the background for most of the middle portion but um now we know uh anyway Patty Broughton thank you so much for all your time today and all your hard work at the Arts Council it's appreciated oh
1: well, thanks for having me I appreciate it Adam
0: And once again, that was Patty Broughton. You can learn more about the Guelph Arts Council at their website, guelpharts.ca, and you can also find them all over social media. The new Artist Hub will be posted sometime later this summer, but in the meantime, you can check out the Collector's Dilemma fundraiser at 32auctions.com slash collectorsdilemma2021, and that goes until May 20th. And for all future virtual Arts Council events, visit the events page at their website at guelpharts.ca slash events. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU at the University Center on the University of Guelph campus. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast on Wednesday from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or you can download it from the host at podbean at guelphpoliticast.podbean.com. When you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. As well. You can get in touch with me by email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. Reach me through Twitter at adamadonaldson or at Guelph Politico. Find Guelph Politico on Facebook at facebookcom politicalguelph. And if you'd like to help build a locally sourced independent media outlet in the city of Guelph, please consider donating to Guelph Politico. And all those details are at slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out GuelphPolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you this time next week, and until then, I will see you next time.